Well, look, guys, we might kick off. Really lucky to have both of you joining me today. Personally, my experience with Rudd has been a great one. I think, obviously, known Peter for a while now, but certainly the moment I walked through the doors there at Rudd Chains, my impression of the business only lifted, and then that only continued, obviously, when you meet some of the great people in the business and have a look around. But maybe we could sort of kick off with giving a bit of a snapshot of the size and breadth of the company as it stands today. Sure. Thanks, Sean. Great to be here. And uh, Rudd Chains Australia, we represent here in Australia, New Zealand, across the South Pacific. We've grown to the, into the current facility of 6,000 square metre facility, which is a warehousing and production facility here in Brisbane. We've also got a sales warehouse in uh, Perth, and we've got representatives across Australia and New Zealand. Around about 90 people in the team now continuing to grow. Our focus is in the mining sector including defence sectors, uh, infrastructure work, and also in the transport. Uh, so obviously it's grown some way, impressive growth within that. But uh, one of the pictures I noted when I walked in is your, your timeline, and there's a suburban house that was on that uh, timeline. Can you talk to us a bit about the humble beginnings of the company? Sure. We started the business back in the uh, mid-'80s. Uh, my father started the business. I joined him to make the make myself the second employee in the business, working from home in McGregor in Brisbane, out of my sister's bedroom. So it certainly was humble <laughs> beginnings. The only communication we had were the post and telex machines. This is pre-fax, pre-mobile phones, pre-any of those things. Certainly interesting times back then, and we're still covering the same territory, and uh, it was on the road a lot. Love doing what it's doing back there and still love doing it today. No, fantastic. Yeah, no, it's really awesome to sort of see the the growth and the momentum of the company, but not dissimilar to some of the other impressive companies that have started in very humble setups or, or foundations, but certainly grown to become a tremendous company. So one of the things that I note when I interact with the business when we walk into organisations, I pride myself on feeling the culture. It either feels good and it feels engaging or there's something that just intuitively you're like, mm, I don't know about this place. But certainly walking into Rudd, you really get a really warm feeling about the organisation, the culture. How would you guys sort of depict or what can you tell us about the values? Because I think values hopefully become behaviours and that transcends into hopefully what you feel when you walk into a place. So what are the values that sort of underpin the organisation? So we're really proud and we've spent obviously a lot of energy in, in making the values come to life because I guess that's the biggest thing. You can have writing on a wall and the poster looks good, but if your team don't believe it and particularly if your managing director or leadership team don't believe it, it doesn't come to life. So we started very, I guess, the same as a lot of businesses where you've just got words on a page. So we had integrity and trust and teamwork and things like that. And we were finding that the team were finding it really hard to connect mm -hmm. with. So when we said teamwork, there was 20 different interpretations of what that means. So we actually did a work group and brought those 12 words down into five statements. So the team workshopped on that and they actually came with it using language that we already use in the business and then also bringing that to life in statements. So I've got actually a copy here. Hopefully you can see yep. that there. So we've got the different cultural values, which I'll read out to you. So we take our business seriously, but not ourselves. So we like to have a good time. And I think that's where you feel the fun when you come into the office. Everyone's pretty jovial and having a good time. And it's that reminder that, yeah, we've got serious business to do and we're passionate about what we do, but we also need to have a laugh bring things back to reality as well and you know we're only selling chain it's important but we're not saving the world so keeping it in perspective 
we do what we say we'll do every time. You'll notice here every time's big and bold. So we don't get a choice. It's about doing it every single time and keeping those commitments to each other. And if we can't communicating what we're going to do differently to help support that and understand the deadlines and things like that. The next one's every day we take small steps to make our business better. So we're not looking for the giant leaps. We're looking for those small steps, incremental change. And everyone in the business has a chance to impact that from the warehouse storeman right through to a member of the leadership team. You've got the opportunity to change the direction and future of the business for the better. We're a champion team who go the extra mile. So we win together, we lose together. We've got a pretty flat structure and the incentives and rewards are all done as a team. So when we do something, we've done some amazing and achieved some amazing goals. We all went to Port Douglas. So everyone from the team, three days went to Port Douglas. We were able to swim and jump off the catamaran. We were visiting the crocodiles and it, we did it all together, which is something special. And some of those teams had never been on a plane. So it was the first time in their life to jump mm-hmm. on a plane and come together with the team. And the final one is our customers are our best salespeople. If our customers are happy and getting that great service from us and getting the quality that they expect, then they're our best sales team. They go out and a lot of our business is through referrals. So by having those statements, it's really easy for people to connect with. And it's also really easy to say, is this person going to fit or maybe not fit? So it's something we don't apologize for and we are very passionate about and we have a strong hold on because we don't want to give that up. So that's a big part of our recruitment onboarding and then ongoing training for the team to make sure they fit that culture. Yeah, no, fantastic. So great insights there. And maybe we can sort of share some of that better information by way of the full rundown you've just talked us through, which is good. I'd probably jump in at this time just to point out the fact that Peter is the managing director and Courtney heads up continuous improvement at this point in time. She's done mm-hmm. some other great stuff in the organisation but they do want know one another reasonably well. This is a father-daughter <laughs> combination, but I just love what I've witnessed in that regard is there's such a healthy and mutual respect for one another. And I think you guys work tremendously well together. So I think that's cool. And I think it also speaks to the sense of wider family outside of the biological ties. And I think uh, it's really nice that you guys sort of team up further to the organisation. So I thought I'd, I'd just point that out. But been in a few times now and I've seen how you guys theme a lot of stuff. And I love how you theme your strategy. It really sort of invokes a bit of a visual representation of maybe what you're trying to achieve. And I think it adds, it's just a bit more memorable, you know, a lot of strategies are on Word documents or PowerPoints and all that sort of stuff. So it's harder to grapple in my opinion. But uh, talk to us uh, about why you theme these strategic sort of initiatives for the organisations and and can you give us some good examples uh, around what some of those ones have involved over the years? Yeah, so similar to what you said, Sean, oftentimes the strategy is pretty dry and boring. It's on an A4 blank piece of paper. You know, you've got your white sheet with a couple of words and it's not really relatable for the rest of the team. Top management understand it and they know what they're trying to do, but the rest of the team find it really hard to relate to strategic growth and sustainable profitability or whatever it might be. So I like a party. And so, so does Peter and we love a theme. So um, we're the dress up party family. So (laughs) we thought, why not bring that into business and say, let's make this fun. Mm. Let's bring it. And there's so many connections you can make. So we use the theme to underpin what we're trying to achieve for the year, make it fun. We have an annual conference each year on a Saturday where we invite the full team from all over the country together. We release a theme. So it's a big surprise. No one knows what it is until beforehand. And then we have a day talking about the strategy, how the theme relates 
weights and go from there. So we've had all sorts of themes. We've done sailing, we've done growth, so trees and plants. We've done AFL, we've done sports teams, we've done Explore Unknown, which is around Mm. space. We've done Everyone's a Piece of the Puzzle. So we did a lot of puzzles and challenges there. Arctic Explorers, that was one of my favorites. So we had an inflatable igloo with snow cone machine, the fake snow machine blowing snow. We had the icicles hanging from the roof. So we completely deck it out. So the team get that wow factor. And I love seeing the face of the team that morning and the excitement, feeling the excitement of what's to come for the year. And I really think that sets the scene and the energy. So our one at the moment is Need for Speed based around the Triple Eight racing. So just recently we took 10 members of the team to the GC500, watched the, the cars go around the track. And we're really focused on that pit crew. So everyone understanding their role, using that speed, precision, working together as a team so that we've got the trust and the speed through that teamwork to make sure and connecting everything up. So are you on the pit crew? Are you in the marketing department? Are you in the comms control? And trying to link the whole business back through and show them how what they're doing is exactly what we're doing in business. So the links just make it fun and and we have a lot of activities around that as well. I love the sense of fun and I love the use of analogy and metaphor to sort of tie the strategy back and, and bring it to life in a much more engaging way than just stuck on an A4 piece of page. So I think that's awesome. Tenure, I note, tenure is a big thing at Rudd. You tend to look after people well and they tend to stay. So I think that's pretty cool, particularly in today's day and age where tenure isn't always that prevalent. And there's definitely a sense of family from what I see and I witness and I sense, certainly through the conversation with Peter, is he cares deeply about everyone. It's not just employee-employer dynamic. He actually cares about everyone individually. At the end of the day, you run a business, but you care. How do you guys achieve such great retention? So I see that we've got five key elements to retention. So the first one is you're special from day one. So from the first day, you have a welcome lunch, you're introduced to the team, you're part of the team straight away. So rather than having this, see if you make it, do you get past your probation from day one, they're part of the team and we make that special. So we have a welcome sign and we make sure the desk is all set up ready. There's nothing worse than coming to a new job and your laptop and your mm-hmm. passwords aren't even ready and you waste the first day. So that also speaks to the upskill and training. So we have a really robust onboarding training and training schedules and things like that to help people get a great start. The second one is around recognition. So we do peer awards where you can nominate someone from the team and they get an award every fortnight, which is that public recognition. We also have the Going the Extra Mile Award, which is where anyone can nominate, hey, you've gone above and beyond your daily business to either help me or help Mm -hmm. the customer which is then also funded by, we're a bit different to other companies, your frequent flyer points. So our sales team don't get to keep them. We actually cash them in for $50 vouchers and that's what funds the extra mile award. So again, that teamwork rather than the sales guys, I guess getting Mm. that benefit, it comes back to the team and we can share it. We do the tenure also. So 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 25, you get an additional leave day per year as well as a gift and recognition and a letter from the board. So we make things Mm. special. I think people feel that they really are, I guess, appreciated. The next one's around building the trust and the teamwork. So we work together as a team and we really promote that. Peter shares a huge vision. So we have what's called our vivid vision and that's our three-year strategy for the future. So people can really buy into that and understand and see where we want to go and how we're going to get there, which I think builds the connection. And the final one is the culture of connection. So we connect with our local community in terms of charities. We have the team nominate when they start. How do I want to celebrate success and what charities do I support? And then for the year, 
we choose a handful and we support them. So I found that that's had the biggest engagement from the team and means the most. Um, we had one of our production guys who'd only just started and his wife unfortunately suffers with epilepsy. So he said that's what he wanted his charity to be. We did the bunning sausage sizzle and a raffle and things like that. We raised over $1,000 just from the team. And then Peter matches dollar for dollar from there. And he got up and made a speech and his voice was shaking. He was so thankful and grateful for what the team had done for his directly for his family. And I think that buy-in and that connection is what holds people together at RUD. So it's really special to be part of that. So I think there's some key key elements. I've been writing down some things as you're talking because I think they're really good things, you know, <laughs> on that side of it. So credit to you guys. It's, it's relatively simple stuff, but obviously it's impactful and it works based on the tenure. I think your wall of tenure, there's some really long tenure people there. So obviously it's corresponding to people wanting to stay. And in a job market where there's plenty of opportunities, obviously that uh, speaks volume. So... I know when you walk through the business, there's lots of impressive stuff, but one of the things that took me was the Imagine When wall. It's pretty cool. So it's in your staff room. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. I'll get a word in there, Sean. And I think we do do a great tag team. And, uh, yeah, it is an honour and a privilege to be able to work with my daughter as I was able to work with my father at the beginning and the team that are with us and just touching on that. You know you've got a good culture. We're really proud of that and we're really clear on that because we want to attract the right people to align with our culture and detract people from joining us who aren't aligned with our culture. Because if you're aligned with our culture, you're going to have a great time. If you're not aligned with our culture, you're probably not going to enjoy it because we do hold the standards of that and we do expect you to take your business seriously and have fun and do all those things that Courtney mentioned. So with our Imagine When wall is it's a big wall, probably, what is it, six metres by four metres or two and a half metres high and each employee, after you've been with us for six months, after you've been with Rudd for six months, you've got to feel for the business, where you fit, where you belong. And uh, we then ask you to contribute something or come up with some wording of what you want to impact on Rudd whilst you're here, rather than a lot of organisations, because we are egalitarian, we all are part of one team, that some companies say, well, what are you going to do for me? What's in it for me? remuneration, other things. We've got to cover all those things. But what can you impact on while you're here? What can you be proud of? What's your purpose at RUD beyond your daily role and what you can influence? That could be around our environmental waste streams, which people have got on that, around our paperless systems, around our IT, around our lean management, around our revenue targets. So that's the ones that individuals come up with. And it's not a mission statement. It's not a motherhood statement. It's something that's real that people can walk in as you found yourself. You walk in here and you go, I can connect with that. That makes sense. I can see what that person's trying to do. And we do touch in regularly with the people who have done those to, to check in how are you going, how are you going with that. And just on that culture, I guess, again, we're talking a lot about that, but there is a is a message. One of the ladies that have been with us for, for, for 12 months, we always recognise your work anniversary, your birthday, not with a whole lot of things, but just acknowledgement from myself and from the rest of the team that you don't actually get on our on a board until 10 years. Mm. So a lot of companies, mm-hmm. that's hard to reach, and we've now actually expanded that out beyond 25 years because we've got people going beyond 25 years of working in the organisation. We really value people who are, it's not you're lucky to work here, we're lucky to have that quality of people here who are, who are choosing to be here and choosing to build their careers here. And we love that and really proud of that. So the story around one of the ladies in our team, I went to her personally on the first year anniversary. It was a little while ago now, uh, as you'll find out. said, congratulations on one year with the organisation. 
And she looked at me and you know what she said? She said nine to go. How cool is that when someone in your business has one year in and they're looking forward, I'm going to be on that board in nine years. That same lady's been with me for 18 years. So and still working in the organisation. And they're the sort of stories and they're they're the things that make you proud to have the organisation. That's what we're trying to build is beyond just not chains, building the business, making money. It's about that holistic view for the people and creating their financial security into the future. So um, broadened out on the Imagine When Wall, but that's a bit of the story around around us and around some of the culture. Yeah, no, it's very, very powerful. And uh, like you say, an individual gets to the end of one year and, and probably a lot of employees out there after one year are probably still getting a bit of a, a broad eye on seek and those sorts of things. So to sort of turn around and say, look, that's one down, nine to go to get on the wall. It's pretty powerful. And, and clearly she's still happy and still engaged 18 years later. So, so that's awesome. Courtney talks about you conveying a powerful and clear and vivid vision for people to buy into and understand where the company's going. What can you share about uh, what's ahead for the business at this point in time? Well, we're in our third year of our three-year vision. I'm working on the next one already. And it, I guess it's a a document that helps us make daily decisions. And we share it with all new employees, recruits coming into the business. If so they understand where we're going. Do they want to be part of the journey? And where do we expect to be in three years' time? Why it's only three years is because it's leaning out in the future. You're not going falling over into the future. Who knows what's going to happen in 10 years? The last one we wrote was basically leading into uh, just before COVID. So we've will achieve pretty much all the expectations. That's what we look like, feel like, and act Mm -hmm. like. So it's not just a lot of data around financials and expectations and targets. It's about the business holistic view of who we are, what we want to do, and also why people are doing it. We've got a motivation page that people shouldn't miss their, their kids' sports day. I tell the same story every time. If you join RUD, if you miss your sports day, your sons or daughters, year three, 50 metre participation race, you're not there that's your fault. You should be there. We're doing our business. We're selling chains every day, but your child's only going to do that one day. So sure, we're running a business and it is a balance, but plan and we will support that every time because family does come first. So, But then that attracts the right people as well. So it's pretty easy when people understand that. Let's get on the journey together. Let's achieve that together. And then we celebrate the successes, as Courtney mentioned, and also celebrate with financial remuneration at year end. We make one profit in a year, that's June 30. The rest of the year, there's ups and downs. And we share that across the whole business. So everyone participates in that from whether you're in the warehouse, in a TA, in accounts, in in sales, in management, we're all participate in that. We've had a pretty good success so far. So in the last, since inception, since the business started in 1984, we've never made a loss in any single year. So we do know how to make a profit. We do want to continue to grow. And our sights on the future is continuing to embrace, really focus the next few years further around our lean production, automating processes, engaging more with AI and looking at robotics in our production facility that we're expanding on us, uh, making investments there because we're not wanting to reduce our workforce. We're trying to retain our workforce, but engage with that technology so that we don't become outdated, we don't become unprofitable into the future, so we can continue to stay on, hopefully, that the trajectory that we're on, continue to grow the business. It's a bunch of great stuff in, uh, in that sort of response there, Peter, but the thing I think I like the most, well, the thing that resonated with me the most is, as a parent, there's nothing more fulfilling and exciting than watching your children participate in whatever they do. It could be dancing, could be rugby, could be basketball. 
And I think it's a shame sometimes work gets in the road of that because you only get one opportunity to see your kids grow up right. And sadly, in the past, a lot of people have missed those occasions because they've been busy at work. So to hear that's condoned and encouraged and you're almost disappointed if they don't turn up to those events, I think that's still pretty rare in today's day and age. So that certainly resonated for me. But um, I want to... I guess, Sean, we can, yeah. just before you go on, we can confirm that because we've got someone on the screen <laughs> who can validate that they actually did that and for the son as well and to now proudly uh, looking forward to getting to do that with my granddaughter, Courtney's little baby girl. So uh, look forward to those things and continuing that cycle, which is what life's about. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So I share that view 100%. So no doubt you'll uh, you'll be watching little grandkids run around the racetrack or do whatever they do in the not-too-distant future. <laughs> but uh, I want to sort of throw now to understanding what you guys might get up to outside of work so we can sort of understand a little bit more about you guys as individuals. So there might be a common interest around red wine maybe, but I'll let you guys comment on, on what you guys get up to outside of work. Okay. For me, outside of work, I guess I love what I do and I still love coming to work every day. I love being operational in the business. need to be more strategic. It's always a challenge when you're the the business owner. But outside of work, I'm involved with uh, my local golf club, involved on the board there, helping the future sustainability of the golf industry, I guess, on a local and broader level. Also around community service, do a little bit of coaching for small businesses, sharing the experience we've had over the years. And loves uh, doing the family trips with the family. Yes, we have done a few trips to Hunter Valley and different places uh, and do love to travel the world as a family and still do that. And I'm blessed that my uh, kids still want to travel with myself and my wife to uh, cool places around the world. Pretty simple, but it's valuing that time, which is uh, which is important. Awesome. What about you, Sam Courtney? As Peter mentioned, I've just become a mum, which is awesome. So my daughter, Sophia, joined us in March. So I've really loved that experience. And I think the biggest thing is that you just have to slow down. Someone who's going 200 miles an hour every single day forever, it's been really interesting to slow down, to embrace that because she does only have one childhood. So I've still been connected to Rod and still working because I love it. I can't stop. But also finding that balance between family and work has been um, awesome for me. And I've really enjoyed that new phase of life with my husband, Sam. So it's been pretty cool. I also like red wine. <laughs> For me, it's, yeah, spending time with friends and family. I like to party, like like I said before. So I'm the one hosting the birthdays and the barbecues and everything like that. So I'm always trying to bring as many people together as possible. So that's my favourite thing to do. And, of course, a family holiday overseas never goes astray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it, uh, it's nice that you always enjoy one another's company. It's uh, sometimes for, for some. Can be a dosage thing, but clearly you guys still enjoy spending time together if it's not at work, obviously outside of work. So I think that's awesome to sort of keep that bond going, which is great. So I guess in drawing to an end of the podcast, is there any sort of final words you guys might share around why Rudd's a great place to work and who might fit well at Rudd? I guess going back to uh, covering what we've already said to, to some extent is with our, our values, that we start and end with our values. We measure that against when people align with them, when they're not aligned with them. We don't need to get upset about issues or non-deliverables. We just ask people to reflect back against the values that you signed up to when you joined. And that's been a fantastic resource for us. Not everyone understands that, but it, we do live and breathe it in the business and it helps people know where they're successful and where there's gaps. Uh, we certainly support that. 
our genuine desire to help that financial independence in retirement for anyone that comes to work for Rudd. We're not always there forever. We're not kidding ourselves that we're the best place to work. We like to think that uh, we're somewhere until you win lotto that you like to work and genuinely engage with the team and help with their career paths and their progression. And if it's not at Rudd, we actively help them find something that is going to suit them uh, in the future. So we are quite clear on who we are, what we are, and we're able to articulate that to anyone joining the team because we would hate to think that after six months someone said that's not what I understood, Not I'm not aligned, we do our best, we would have failed them. So we really spend a lot of time of challenging that person. Is this the right place to you? Is this what you really want? Is there somewhere better? Where's your career path going? So you spend quite a bit of time recruitment and, and working with yourselves, Sean at Stella, to um, help us find some good people. And I think it's that process. If you get it right at the start and you make it welcome, as Courtney said, and you do put the training plans and support networks in place for them. Uh, we've reintroduced a buddy system again recently uh, to make sure there's a lot of Little things we do that are just ruddisms <laughs> that uh, we do here that we uh, help people with. So, again, it's a choice and we're blessed that people choose to want to come and join and work with our organisation. So um, that's probably from me. Love the transparency. I think that's uh, all too important. So, yeah, any final words from yourself, Courtney? I guess we're always looking for someone who wants a challenge, who can take ownership for what's theirs. That's key. And who wants to be part of a fun and engaged team who are all equally as passionate. I think that's what's special about Rudd is that everyone's coming to work on the same playing field and they want to be there. They're passionate. They're excited about what they do, which makes everyone's job easier. So that's what I love about Rudd and the people every day. No, well, fantastic. Appreciate you guys taking the time to share some of those uh, great insights. Congratulations on what you guys have built. Congratulations on you guys working so well together and I can just see the equal passion, both sides of the screen on that sort of side of it and for the business and I think that's rare and I think I said before to one of our staff members, all personalities are contagious but only some personalities are worth catching or attitudes are worth catching. I think you can definitely tell the, the positive and engaged attitudes from you guys and I'm sure that rubs off on the people around you. So congrats on what you guys achieved so far and, and all the best for what's in front of you guys. Awesome. Thanks very Thanks, much. John. Thanks for having us.